As women, it seems like we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And that weight is directly balanced between your two feet. And with this balancing act, who do you think is suffering? It's not the kids. It's your feet. While running errands, paying bills, or dodging traffic, you could be ruining your feet. Wearing the wrong shoes for the wrong period of time can cause more damage than you think. Hammer toe and bunions are the leading deformities in black women. And Dr. Yolanda Raglan is the first black and only female podiatrist with practices dedicated solely to the correction of these type of deformities. So let this black girl do some magic and fix your feet. For more information, visit FixYourFeet.com. Providing medically necessary surgery with a cosmetic result. All right, you're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now, I have a very, very special guest joining us today from the world of fashion. And boy, oh boy, does he have a story to share this morning on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Okay, let's bring to the line Mr. Nicholas Stiles. Uh, Nicholas, good morning. good morning and welcome. Yes, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, Thank I want to jump. Yes, it's my pleasure. And uh, listen, I want to jump right on in uh, to this. Uh, this is, uh, to me, a very big, big story. It's one that has not, that I hadn't heard about. Um, I want to start here. You are, uh, you had been working with um, a, a legendary music artist. Uh, you were hired to work closely and be an assistant to this legendary music artist. And uh, shortly thereafter, the music artist passes away. Right. So I want to get the story uh, with how all of this came to be. Uh, you know, the entire story. I think we want to tell this. But first, let's kind of go back a little bit. Um, now, you are, where Where are you from, Nicholas? Where were you born? Where were you raised? That wonderful good stuff. What can you tell us this morning? Lorraine, Ohio. Um, from Lorraine, Ohio, born Lorraine, Ohio, raised in Lorraine, Ohio. Um, that's actually where I live right, right now. Since I've been back to Ohio. Um, okay. And that's near the Cleveland area. Yes. Um, about okay. a good, maybe 30 minutes from downtown Cleveland. Okay. All right. So now uh, this person, this superstar, if you will, um, let's just go ahead and put it on out there. We're talking about uh, the late Mary Wilson. You guys know her from uh, Supreme, Supreme's fame. Uh, she's been, you know, um, forever immortalized as far as we're concerned with her incredible uh, music talent. Um, and so we've got to go back. Let's start at the beginning. How did you find out, um, how did this come to be where you were hired on as an assistant for the great Mary Wilson? Well, then if we're going to talk about that, we have to go back even further. So All right. 2000, <laughs> 2018. Actually, I think we should yeah. go back even further than 2018. Um, when I was eight, about eight years old, I was watching PBS, and they were doing a telethon to sell DVDs for the Ed Sullivan Show. And I honestly didn't know who the Supremes were. I knew the name Diana Ross, 
but I didn't know who the Supremes were. Um, so it was, you know, I'm watching this little program that they were doing to raise money for the station and sell these DVDs. And the Supremes come on, and they're wearing these um, baby blue sequin um, fish scale halter neck dresses. And what made me fall in love with them is their dresses. So then I started, you know, going on the internet, looking them up, and I found, you know, more videos of them and more, I found that they had more dresses and more sequins and beads. So then I started looking up who they were individually and looking up their individual stories, not knowing that um, there was a connection between Supremes and Dreamgirls at the time. And well, until later on when I looked it up and discovered more of like Florence Ballard's story and they compared it to Effie White. Um, huh. From there, sorry. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were going to say something. Um, but from there, um, I had always had a dream of being a fashion designer. So when I discovered the Supreme, it kind of like felt like I found my niece of what I wanted to, what I wanted to design. Because I've always had this idea of glamorous stuff, glamorous clothes, but I never had a face to put to it, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So when I discovered the Supremes, they became the face to my design. All of the glitter and the glamorous stage yeah. presence and the dancing and uh, singing and those amazing songs. They have like a billion songs. And uh, wow. Okay. So uh, you fell in love with them at that point, never dreaming that you'd be working for one of them. Well, in 2015, December 2015, um, my grandmother, Faye, died. And one of the things she she, um, always encouraged was my life. Life was her Motown. She had a bunch of records because that was her period of growing up. Um, right. The 60s. So she had a bunch of records and um, she'd play the records and we would listen to the records. She'd tell me, like, oh, I remember doing this or doing this to this song. And um, I remember she tried to get us a tour of the Motown Museum. Um, she died before that happened. But. Uh. Um, she did one thing. She did say is kind of, I guess, a coincidence. She, everything she said happened, but it didn't happen exactly how she said it. Because what she said was, "You're going to meet Diana Ross. You're going to become close to her, work with her, do all these different things." Uh. And everything she said happened was going to happen with Diana Ross. Happened with Mary Wilson. Wow! But she had that vision. And quite often, uh, when you get those visions, they, to me, uh, they happen, but it may not be exactly, you know, uh, what that person had uh, seen. But that is amazing. So that was the beginning and, and quite possibly planted in your mind as well. And it could have started you on that road and path. A little bit. No, definitely. I definitely, I look, well, Mary and Diana are my favorite Supremes. And oh. um, I remember every 
every year Diana would come to Ohio, I would try to go to see her. Something would always happen. One time, so I, whether the tickets sold out before I could buy the tickets or I wasn't old enough to get into a venue, because most of the time she would come to Cleveland, would be at one of the casinos. So they didn't allow anyone who wasn't over 21 in the casino. Right. So there was one time, I had everything ready, going to go to Vegas to go see Diana Ross. And this was a month before the pandemic happened. I was the week before my flight I was supposed to leave, everything got shut down. Mm. So it kind of felt like I'm never going to see this woman. So it just kind of wow. like a thing of it's never going to happen. Um, but by this, but by this time, I was already in contact with Mary Wilson. Um, 2000, January of 2018, after a phone conversation, we had never met in person before. Um, we talked on the phone, and I had. Well, how, how did she? How did did you find? <laughs> did you see something in a in a uh, on the internet that she was looking for an assistant, or how did that? No. How did she even know that you existed? Um, well, she didn't. I don't think she knew. Well, I don't know if she knew I existed or not. But I will say when when I told her who I was, she acted as if she knew who I was already. So it was never of like it was never a question of how you got my phone number or who are you, you know, anything like that. But how I got her phone number was her hairstylist. Um, her name is Diana. Definitely, her hairstylist posted their text messages on Facebook and accidentally, well, I guess didn't realize that she posted the text messages and had her number at the top of the. And so I'm like, this wow. is Mary Wilson. I knew who Diana was because um, a lot of the Supremes fans are connected with each other. So we all kind of know each other in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew who Diana was because she's been talked about and she's talked about working for Mary. Um, so when I saw it, I'm like, that's not really Mary. Mary's phone number. It's like, that's too easy. Like, there's no way that I have this woman's number. I text the number, and I said, Merry Christmas. This was obviously, you know, Christmas. And I said, Merry Christmas, because that's the day I found it, was on Christmas. And he replied back, um, Merry Christmas. I don't know who this is, um, but happy holidays to you and your family, something, something like that. And then it said, Touch MW. And from her Facebook post and her Twitter post, she'd always use that as her signature at the end of her statuses, Touch MW. I'm like, no, this is really isn't her. I said, I don't, I don't think it's really her. So I um, got curious, and I was, I texted the number again. This was January, though. And I texted and said, hey, um, I was just wondering, I'm starting a lip gloss line, and I'm wondering if you would be interested in being a, sample, a sampler for me. And she responds back. Um, sure, call me. So me waiting to, you know, I'm nervous, obviously, because I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be her or not. So when I called, I heard her voice, and I said, wow, this is really Mary Wilson. So we talked on the phone, and like I said, never once asked how you got my phone number. Only thing, thing she asked me was, what's my name and where am I from? That's all she asked. But she never asked 
um, how I got her phone number, you know, what was my reasoning for calling her. She was just completely polite, kind of as if we knew each other all this time. Or Very kind. Yeah. Opening, welcoming, and friendly. So, kind of put me at ease, too, because... Yeah. Um, at the end of the conversation, she states that, you know, I can't help you financially with, you know, your business, but I can be a mentor if that's, if, if that's something that you're interested in. And I said, yeah, I actually, honestly, only wanted you to be a tester or just, like, sample it and post about it, take pictures, wearing it, and saying that um, you like the product if you did like it. I honestly wasn't contacting you for money. And she said, okay. She said, well, yeah, if you want a mentor, I can help guide you in the direction business-wise of where you want to be. So I said, okay. And we went from there. Like, so that was January. Amazing. Wow. I ran a surprise. How did you feel? Were you not just overjoyed? Or you, oh, yeah, weren't I, you overjoyed? And Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So now you were still um, out in Cleveland at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, Lorraine, yes. Okay, right. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, of course. In Ohio. I'll say, safely say Ohio. Uh, but now, where was Mary at that point? Vegas. Either, either Vegas or in L.A. No, I'm sorry. She oh, was in L.A. Because okay. the address she sent me when we got off the phone was an L.A. address. Oh, okay. So she was in L.A. at the so, time. Okay, got it. Wow. Okay. So how did the conversation – okay, great. She is friendly. She is kind. Um, you kind of started that connection. She offered to mentor, to be a mentor, which is amazing all by itself. Um, but you're still out there. How did that conversation evolve to you becoming her assistant, though? Well, it, I honestly – I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think she needed an assistant. I think what it was is that she – more so just wanted someone to be with her or someone around mm-hmm. her because what she told me was um, she hasn't really had anyone creative on her team. And when I say mm. creative, I don't mean like, you know, um, with, with well, well, yeah, creative with ideas, creative with, you know, mm-hmm. actual like artistic skills, things like that. Hair, mm-hmm. makeup, I, I do hair, I can do makeup. Um, so all of that is kind of what she was looking for more so. Um, but I also feel like she wishes also whether she knew she was at the end or not, maybe she just wanted someone to be there with her. Only mm-hmm. because when I was over there, I had never did any Honestly, never did any work. I sent maybe a few emails. Um, looked up a few things. You think when you travel, when you were over there, so when you traveled from Ohio out to Vegas, and that's where she had come. Apparently, left that that L.A. Uh, address and went over yeah. to Vegas. Okay, yeah, and, and so on. Is Vegas. 
home for oh okay so that's where she lived that was her home she was yeah. based out in las vegas nevada and yeah. so uh so you went out there uh a while ago uh to to meet up and all of that is that yes. what i'm understanding yes okay so in november of 2021 uh-huh. oh it's been a long uh, time okay yes november 2021 she said um i need the system um i wish you were here in vegas i'd hire you full time and i said well in my head i didn't respond respond to the email like this i said in my head well i can make that happen I'm telling you, I would have been like, uh, somebody's at your door. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm at the door. I would have jumped out the window and been there in two seconds. Of course. The great Mary Wilson. It was, it was two seconds. I had nothing planned, nothing saved. I had, when I left Vegas, I had $200. And a plane ticket, and a suitcase full of clothes. Okay, and that's plenty. <laughs> yep. That was, wow. That was all I needed because I yes. knew a dream of mine had came true. So I didn't mm-hmm. care about anything else, honestly. I didn't exactly. Care about what she was paying me, I would have did it for free, honestly. I didn't care about what she was paying me. I didn't care about anything. Nothing of that was in my head. I at that moment. And even once I got there, at that moment, only thing that was on my mind was I am sitting in front of someone I looked up to almost all my life. Wow. Let me just take a moment to bring everybody up to speed. Uh, Folks out there, if you are just joining us, you're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now, we have a very, very special guest who is with us uh, telling an, uh, really a remarkable story that he has lived. Uh, the personal assistant uh, to uh, one of uh, the greatest um, entertainers um, of, you know, for the generations that have passed, we're talking about Mary Wilson of the Supremes. And I have to say, the young man is Nicholas Stiles. He in his own right, um, is a creator. Well, they call now, you know, a creative. He is doing all these amazing things that we're going to talk about. And he's kind of bringing us uh, along uh, in this uh, great story of first meeting uh, Miss Wilson and, um, of course, discovering a passion for the Supremes and uh, following his grandmother's great premonition that he one day would meet a Supreme and, uh, and, uh, and so it has happened. Um, I have to say this story, Nicholas is just unreal. It's unreal. It really is. And, and you're I just honestly, getting started. <laughs> and it's unreal. Yes. And honestly, when I tell yes. people the story, whether I'm doing an interview or talking to someone, a friend or a family member, or just talking to someone who doesn't really know the story, it kind of feels like I'm telling a dream, not really a real story. Or I'm telling something that you would hear about in a book or in a movie. Absolutely. That really just happened to someone who, I guess you could say, dare to dream. Well, she's a music icon. She's a music icon. So now we were at the point uh, where you went out to Vegas, the first meeting, 
what happened? Who picked who up? Uh, how did you connect? Uh, you know, did she show up at the um, at McCarran and Las Vegas at the airport and drive you from there? Uh, did she send the car or Uber or what? Oh, that was not your first. No, that was our first meeting in Vegas, though. But she um, came to Cleveland the same year that we met over the phone. She came to Cleveland, and that was our first time meeting in person. And then she also came to Detroit that following year, and she was hosting a party, and I had drove to Detroit for the party. Because Detroit, for me, is only two hours. It's not so far right, and she was close by. By that time, you guys had gotten close. Yeah, okay. she was already my mentor. We were talking, you know, on the phone, not every day or maybe like every other month or something like that. And, um, you stayed like in that. contact. Yeah. Okay. She me to check in. Um, she, I talked to her about me being depressed and she had to check in and see how I was doing and stuff like that. Awesome. Now, what about that first meeting, though, um, when she came to Cleveland? What did you, I mean, were you super excited? Did she look like you believed she would? Or how did you guys, apparently you clicked. Well, how that happened was my um, birthday is August 31st, but she came in September um, of that of that year. And I had knew she was coming because I, have, I, keep track, I kept track of all of her tour dates. So that I could post them on um, the fan page that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, she was coming to certain cities. I'd say, "Well, hey, Mary's coming to this city, or and she's gonna be at this place, or whatever." And I thought she's coming. Mm-hmm. I looked it up and saw that it was only fifteen dollars to get in. I'm like, Cleveland, it's only fifteen dollars, and I'll, I bought my ticket instantly. So um, I remember my mom called me. Um, Friends text me and tag me in different posts on Facebook and Instagram, like, you know, Mary Wilson's coming to Cleveland, right? I'm like, you already know, I already know this. I've been picking up my outfit for a month now. So, um, the night before she came, I called her because I was unsure of like what type of event this was because as they got closer to the event, the venue added more information about the event. And um, I wanted to know what the public like I should dress up for. Um, so it was also at a museum. So I was like, so I asked, should I, should I dress up? Should I, you know, come casual? You know, what kind of, what, do, what should I expect? And she was telling me, um, you know, don't worry about it. It's a, you know, casual event. So you don't have to dress up or anything like that. Well, I guess I should have thought when someone older says casual, they mean more like business casual. Because I came in there with leggings and a flannel wrapped wrapped around my waist. And (laughs) everyone had suits on and... Right. Oh. oh. Don't you feel like you just want to melt into the ground? Yes. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God. Because I had a suit picked out. Right. You know, since she said it isn't, you know, I shouldn't, I don't have to dress up. I mean, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to dress up. Yes. Well, you know what you learned? You absolutely learned that day the difference between casual and business casual. Believe me. And that's a lesson a lot of folks don't know. But in a way, it made you stand out also and and Mm -hmm. express your style to a big degree. 
No, it definitely did, and it, it did for two reasons. Um, so when I when she walked out from the back of the um, museum, she looked around the room. I told her I was coming, so I she looked around the room. We met, like I so said, we never saw. Well, I knew what she looked like. She, never, she didn't know what I looked like. Um, so she looked around the room and she didn't see. I guess she was looking for me. I guess so. She looked me and her made eye contact. She smiled and she, you know, started looking around the room again. And then she looked back at me again. And she said, um, "Are you Nick?" And I said, "Yeah." And then she put this. She had this big smile. She was like, "Well, come here." So she, um, we kind of had like an awkward moment where she held her hand out. I held my arms out to give. She held her hand out to him. I shake my hand. I hold my arms out to hug her, and then she held her arms out to hug me. I held my my hand out to shake her hand. So it was kind of like a back and forth for us. <laughs> and we just ended up shaking Ben's hand. And then she said, look what I have on. And she pointed to her lips, and it was a lipstick that I had made for her. And um, I'm like, uh, 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 I, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't talk. And she started laughing. And she said, it's okay. Um, she said, I'm sure you'll be more settled after the program. So after the show, we'll talk. So um, she gets on. It's a, it's like a live Q and A. She did a live, a live interview. And um, the lady who's interviewing her asked her that she mentor because they were talking about Maxine Powell and all the other mentors that her and the Supremes had at Motown. So she said, um, I don't really call it mentoring, more just giving guidance to younger um, fans. But if you you know the you see the young man sitting right there in the front row. I guess you could say I mentor him. Um, he makes lip glosses and lipsticks, and that's how we became connected. So now everybody's looking wow. at me like, oh, you know Mary? Like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. Right. Wow. So, um, you know, that was the first time we met. Amazing. And that. Is amazing. So from there, uh, you go back to uh, well, you're she came out to Cleveland, so you're already near your home, uh, not too far from Cleveland. So uh, so that was that, and uh, as you mentioned, you guys stayed in touch over the months and all of that. Um, and at this point, she's your mentor, you're the mentee, and now your friends. What does your family think of you? I mean, because you have to look at it this way also, Nicholas. Um, you're from a different generation, totally different uh, parts of the uh, spectrum when it comes to generations. Um, so did that, um, you know, so did people think you have like an, we used to call like an old spirit or any of those kinds oh, of oh. things where you teased about uh, being connected to some legendary artist, uh you know, so how did that play in your head and um, your oh friends? <laughs> what do your friends oh think about this? In my life, I felt like an old soul, or I was always called an old soul. For example, I remember I was younger, and there was a birthday party. It was, of course, a kid's birthday party uh-huh. I was invited to. Everybody, you know, was wearing sneakers and jeans, maybe, and I wore dress pants and stayed out of the shoes. And everybody's looking at me like, why do you have church clothes on? Because, because it's what I felt comfortable in. Wow. 
Um, and even your communication style, uh, it feels like I'm talking to more of a contemporary uh, age-wise, <laughs> uh, really. But that is just amazing. You you put folks at ease, and we're going to talk about that. So, um, which I imagine went over very well with Mary Wilson. So, well, uh, my my work. Tell me about that. It definitely got critiqued one of the days that I let her have. So, um, it was wash day, and um, I only had this bodysuit that I had bought, a jumpsuit I bought. It was a tight jumpsuit, and um, I had wore a shirt over it because I wore it as kind of like pants, so I like wore the sweater over it to make it look like it was pants and a shirt. And the jumpsuit was really tight. So she opens the door, and she goes, hot. And she stops and looks me up and down. And just moves out the way and kind of like just lets me in. Doesn't say anything. And the whole time, I'm like, well, I don't know what I did because she just keeps making these faces at me. So I'm like, either she doesn't like me or something wrong with my outfit. I'm like, well, I don't know what I, I don't know. So I kind of made me awkward because I said she wouldn't say much to me like she usually would. So the next day, I come over and I'm, you know, like I said, it's wash day, so I haven't really had, I don't have anything but like jogging pants that are clean. And um, I wore the jogging pants that I had over to her house, and she goes, these pants, the first thing she says, these pants are a lot better than the ones you wore the last time. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, you said you you didn't say anything, but you kept making these faces. And I wasn't going to say anything if you weren't, but then she did. She said, I she said I was making faces. I said, yeah, you're making quite a few faces. And like, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's, it was actually kind of funny. And she's uh-huh. like, my thing is, when you have a big, and she stopped. She said, a big, and then there's this pause, <laughs> a big behind. <laughs> you don't wear um, tight pants. I said, oh. She said, yeah. She said, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be offensive or anything, but, you know, you just, it doesn't sound flattering. Unless it's a t- type of, the kind of attention you want. And okay. I said, oh, I, I said, I understand. And she was like, well. That's great. That is great advice that I will never unhear. Uh, that's great advice. I think. How did you take that? I, well, once again, it was one of those things that made me feel more comfortable around her because yes, it was like I was home. And, and she always seemed to speak her mind on television interviews. Yes, definitely. Now. At this point, I wanted to ask you, Nicholas, and again, if you guys are just joining us, I'm speaking with a very special guest on the Hair Radio Morning Show. It's a very, very special broadcast. We have uh, welcomed uh, the last assistant of singing superstar, the legendary icon, Miss Mary Wilson of the Supremes. Uh, Nicholas Stiles is his name, and uh, he's joining us today with this amazing story uh, that you don't want to miss one part of, believe me. Um, It's just, I've never heard anything quite like it. 
Now, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, during some of these meetings, you guys met. She came out to Cleveland. You guys met in Detroit. You stayed in touch over the months. Um, the friendship was growing. The mentoring was going on. Uh, was there ever a point that she shared details of her uh, journey as a Supreme with you, or did she ever talk about Diana? I mean, we want to know these things. Did she Diana ever Ross mention Diana Ross to you? If you are looking for anything shady, no. But she definitely knows okay. Diana's name. And, and I want to say this first. There's not one person in this world who I can't stand that I'll have pictures of in my house. Hang up on my wall. Mm. Or don't like or dislike. If she had paintings that she purchased of Diana by herself, hanged on her wall. Wow. So, well, she had pictures of all of them, her, Diana, and Florence. But I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't have pictures of a person I disliked or anything like that on my wall. Right. Right. So, did you get the feeling that she did not like Diana? No, never, actually. Never felt that way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me let you go ahead. What What did she tell you? Did she call you to the side and say, listen, let me give you the real story? Did she talk mm-hmm. about uh, well, Barry Gordy and Motown and all that? I, wanna, I will say this. Mary Wilson, the Supreme, and Mary Wilson, I guess they aren't you, Mary, were two different people. Um, when I was around her or talked to her on the phone, it kind of like was like I was talking to just Mary Wilson, the person, not the Supreme. So when she's mm-hmm. telling me different stories from her youth, it's kind of just like an, a regular older person telling you about the good old days. But her stories of Diana were few. There was only there was only like two or three that she told me that had Diana in it. And it wasn't like, let me tell you the key. It was more of like, let me, I asked her a question. And, for example, um, Wilson Pickett, I had asked her a question about him. And she was telling me about a documentary they had together called um, Only the Strong Survive, if I'm not mistaken. It was Wilson Pickett in the documentary, Mary Wilson, Carla Thomas, and Rufus Thomas. And the reason mm-hmm. why Wilson Pickett's name I came up was because I was asking her about Carla Thomas. Carla Thomas actually is a family friend. Rufus Thomas and Carla Thomas are family friends. And I was asking her about them. But um, she was telling me, um, she's like, I remember when we did this show, this interview, and Wilson Pickett um, told the story about us back in the day. And I said, is this a story about the car ride? And he, she said, yeah, you know exactly what we're talking about. So the story was, uh, the story goes, Wilson Pickett said, we put, we'd have Mary and Florence sitting in the front, and Diana sit all the way in the back with her head down because she was so ugly. Mm. And Mary was like, everyone started laughing, and it made me feel awkward because it really wasn't funny, but... It was just like now I'm in this 
space because we were already going through our own little thing publicly at, the, at that time. So for him to say that, just me sitting right next to him, made me look bad. Or I felt made me look bad. Mm. And he, she was like, I just hope that she didn't see that and think like, oh, there she goes again. So that was one thing she said. Um, Interesting. Then, wow. But more of the stories were about Florence. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. But like I so said, they were. What did she share about Florence? I mean, that is uh, to me a huge, huge. Florence was the whole kind of the impetus for the whole Dreamgirls movie, really. Right. So what 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 can you tell us that she shared? Well, what she said was, um, I had mentioned something about. Well, she you know she, I didn't mention. She mentioned something about my weight, and I said, I'm gonna do what Florence would tell y'all. Then maybe end about honey fat is where it's at. And she started laughing, and she said, Florence, she sure was a character. And I said, I wish I could have met her. And she said, Who? Diane? And I said, I said, No. I said, Well, I want to, I would, I want to meet her too. But I said, No, Florence. And she said, Oh no, she was definitely someone you would like. She was precious to her like it is, always. Mm-hmm. And she called Diana Ross Diane always. Every TV interview I've ever seen, I've never seen her call. Diana Ross, Diana. She seemed to always call her Diane. And what she mm. told me wasn't about that particular situation, though. Well, her calling Diana Diane. It was about some. It was about um, someone else. I can't remember who. Oh, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. So she had said um, she would get mad at her for calling him Cassius because she's like, that's what I met him yeah. for. Passion play, yes. 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 So when he changed his name to Muhammad, it was like, hey, Cassius. And he was like, Mary, stop calling me that. Right. Wow. So Mary had a lot of famous friends, I imagine. Uh, You know, like that uh, legendary fighter, Muhammad Ali. Originally, you know, first started out Cassius Clay, of course. Um, so did you get a chance to talk to her about some of these superstar collaborations and uh, some of the things? And how did that, uh, what what might uh, what might come to mind, like some of these things that she, because you guys were going to start working on projects. And I can't wait yeah. to talk to you about what were some of the things that she wanted to, or that you guys started working on together. Well, I couldn't say this. We didn't start working on anything at the moment, what she was more so doing was training me. She kept saying that I know what you want to do with your career. And she said, I know what you're going to do with your career and what you're going to do with your future, so I want to prepare you for it. And I'm going to get to that later. Because you know how you said about my grandma, how she made, kind of like made this happen with her dream or her vision. I feel like Mary knew something I didn't know. And I'll say that later on. Yeah. But, um, no, one of the stories she told me was the first night I was with her. 
um, and we had went out to dinner. He said, well, what do you, you know, what do you want to eat? And I said, um, I'm open to anything. I honestly um, have no reservations on anything. So she said, um, well, what about Thai Japanese? And I said, I've never had either. So you never had Japanese food? I said, mm-mm. So I said, well, we're probably going to go to this Japanese restaurant I already liked. So we went to this Japanese restaurant. And we're sitting there. And she ordered, you know, she's like, well, you ever had sushi? And I said, no, just raw fish makes me uncomfortable, the idea of it. And she laughed, and she said, well, they have cooked sushi also. I said, okay, I'll try that. So she got me, I think, tempura sushi and um, some kind of, like, vegetable sushi. So she got me both of them to try. And then um, she gave me a piece of her sushi also to try her sushi. I can't remember what she had. And we just sitting there talking, and she slides me a $100 bill, and she says, well, this is your, you know, you know, first payment or whatever. It really wasn't a payment, it was more so just to make sure I had got around the city. And I had, you know, some money in the city until I had got paid. Um, so we're sitting It sounds there. like you were just excited to be in the mix of things. Yes, and I just was in awe. Like, I'm trying to eat my food, and I just noticed little things about her that we had in common. Like, I'm sitting there, I mean, I hate when... I'm sitting in front of someone and I'm chewing my food, so I cover my mouth. That's the same. She did the mm-hmm. same thing. She pulled her bank card out to pay, and we had the same bank. And I said, "Well, you you have Bank of America?" And she said, "Yeah, I have Bank of America." She said, "I said, well, that's the bank same bank I have." She said, "They're a really good bank." I said, "I wouldn't use them for business though, but they're a really good bank to have." So you know, wow, that was something that we had connected on. Um. So I'm just like sitting there just kind of like in shock. Like I couldn't even eat my food because I just was in shock. And well, you were sitting with a real life dream girl. Yes. And I said, I said, I'm sorry. I don't want to sound like I am one of these excited fans, but I have to say this. This is so surreal for me because something I thought I dreamed about since I was a kid and it's actually happening. I'm sitting here eating sushi with Mary Wilson. And she started laughing. Wow. She covered her mouth while she was chewing. And she swallowed and she goes, well, you know, I understand. That's all she said. And then I had asked her. I said, well, is there any celebrity that you had ever been around that you just felt starstruck around whether it was the first time meeting or whatever? And she said, uh, only one celebrity. She said, this celebrity from the first time they met in the 60s to the day they passed away. I want to say that she Elvis passed Presley. Away. And, uh, oh, no. In the early 2000s. Ella Fitzgerald? Who? One more guess, and I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, you said it was a female back a in female, the 60s. female actress singer. Yes. The only one I could Judy. think of was Judy Garland. Mm-mm. Okay, she passed away in the two thousand. Diane Carroll, maybe? Mm-hmm. Who? Lena Horn. Lena oh. <laughs> oh that should have been one of the top of my list. Yeah, of course. Lena Horn, uh yeah, she fits the bill. 
She would make me nervous, <laughs> you know. Uh, absolutely. Lena Horne, another legend. We're talking about, uh, you know, uh, just Stormy Weather, her big song. Um, just real amazing. She was across the board, had talent that spread across the board. And just a lovely lady, very talented lady. So, yes, I could get that. Wow. Well, aren't you lucky that, that just to have Mary Wilson Superstar singer of the Supremes telling Nicholas Stiles all of these wonderful tidbits. Uh, now, I do have one question for you um, on that subject. What about uh, the movie Dream Girls? You mentioned it early on at the top of our uh, wonderful talks today, but um, what can you tell us? Did she ever mention the movie Dream Girls or Jennifer Hudson or Jennifer Holiday for that much or anybody? To me, no. To me, no. Well, I know she was really good friends with Shirley Ralph. Oh, she still remained friends with Shirley Ralph. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who played the Diana yeah. part in the Broadway version and, yeah. and of Dreamgirls. Right, right. The original Dina Joe. Well, yes, we know our research here at Hair Radio. <laughs> so I tell you, which is amazing. Yes, well, you guys know Shirley Ralph. She went on to star in Brandy. And, of course, Brandy was on the cover of our Upscale magazine just a couple months ago. I just think there's a full circle uh, thing going on here. I think it's amazing. And what a remarkable story. And, again, if you've just joined us, if you're just tuning in to the Hair Radio Morning Show, um, I'm having an amazing conversation this morning with Mr. Nicholas Stiles, who uh, is recalling this um, amazing journey uh, that he has, I think it was a life-changing journey, uh, supporting, yes, and being the assistant to the one and only superstar, legendary music icon artist of the Supremes. We're talking about Mary Wilson. I mean, the Supremes, you have to understand, uh, really the most successful female group of all time. Of all time. And, uh, yeah, and uh, just so many different things. They led the way on uh, style. They taught the world about style. They opened up so many doors uh, professionally and otherwise. Uh, they were uh, just uh, amazing. I mean, you know, when you think of it. And, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. but. I want to kind of talk uh, now about some of the, you know, and I think this is going to be a little bit of the hard part because I want to talk about what happened, uh, you know, how all of this came to kind of a, a sad end. And uh, so you're working, you're doing all this wonderful good stuff. Um, how did the conversation come about? that you were going to travel to her home uh, out in Las Vegas uh, right before all of this happened that she passed. What was the, well, the crux of that conversation? Well, first I had to call my cousin. My cousin had offered me um, earlier that year, so this was November 2021, in January of 2021. And it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like you said, full circle. Um, because in January of 20, I'm sorry, in January of 2020, 2021. Oh, okay. 
and then November of 2020, not 2021. Um, oh. And yes, it's kind of like full circle. In January of 2021, that's when I moved to Vegas. But but in January 2020, my cousin had offered me a um, kind of like to come stay with him in Vegas. He was like, you know, hey, cuz, like, I see that you you're doing drag and. It was like, you're really good. He's like, I think that, you know, you should move to Vegas, and you can come stay with me. I'm not going to charge you anything. Um, you know, he's like, I really want you to come out here and do drag, perform. I said, oh, I'll think about it. Move Vegas anywhere wasn't anywhere in my mind, or it was, but my bank account said otherwise. So I, you know, wasn't planning on moving anywhere. So when November 2020 came, and I get this email from Mary Wilson, the first thing I could think of to do was call my cousin. And I called him, and I told him, I said, hey, Mary Wilson from the Supremes just offered me a job in Vegas to come be their assistant. Can I come stay with you? Is that offer still on the table? He said, yeah. He's like, you know, I have a roommate now. But other than that, he's like, if, the roommate, if my roommate's cool with it, I definitely don't mind. I said, okay. So I called Mary, and I said, hey, I saw your email, and if you need me to come to Vegas, I can do that. What do you need me to come? And I kind of just jumped the gun. She was like, no, 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 you don't have to come tomorrow. You can kind of slow down. We started laughing, and um, I had said, well, we can, no, sorry, she said, we can start from here and then, you know, transition you to Vegas. Um, going into the following year, which was uh, 2021. And I said, okay, I'm fine with that um, because it gives me enough time to, like, you know, save up my money and get everything in get order. Get things together, and right. I had, a, I had an apartment here. I had, um, we have a, a, the best paying job in the world, but I had a job, you know. I yes. had things here. So I have to. I would have to figure out, you know, my lease and all that. You know, finish. You know, because my lease would have lease would have to um, be cut early. Mm-hmm. To move to Vegas. So wow. I just have to figure all that stuff out. And like I said, I didn't have to save. Yeah. I only had twenty dollars when I moved to when I got to Vegas. Wow. Um, but um, I told her. I said, okay. So then our next conversation she had asked, she said, well, what was the savings goal? I love you to say something about that. I said, well, about maybe, maybe about 2500 if I can get that, you know, in from now to um, January, maybe, because I'm thinking that if I can have it by January, I can leave in January. She said, okay. She said, well, I just hope you know, you know, once you get out here, you don't have to worry about anything, but I'll make sure you're taken care of all the way. And I said, okay. And being that she kind of kept her word throughout the years of her being my mentor, I thought that that was what's going to happen. You know, once I got out there, I'd be taken care of. And when I did get there, it seemed as if that was what the plan was. She asked me again after she got there, well, what was I expecting? And I told her, Fifteen a month, fifteen hundred a month. I felt like if I'm going to be traveling with you, fifteen hundred. I'm sure those 
cost of me traveling would be taken care of, not out of my pocket. And she said, yeah, that's true. I'm sure that you have your flight and hotel and food and all that taken care of if we're going somewhere. I said, okay. And then she said, um, then I said, um, so here, first can I get a month with, you know, make sure I have a car, at least when I get back to Vegas. So that if I needed to, you know, go pick them part-time, you know, in our off-season or whatever, that I could do that to make a little back money. Well, and she she agreed to the fifteen hundred a month. Yeah, and she said she said if she said if I she said if if not I'll just give you I'll just buy you a car. Yeah, because that's a that's a steal fifteen hundred a month. Oh gosh, wow, how awesome is that? Yeah, I didn't think I personally didn't think that was a lot because if we're being honest, that's kind of that a little a little bit under what I make at this present time. Yes, and and that's not that's not a lot at all. That's actually that's what I mean. That is an amazing uh, thing that you were going to assist her for that. But uh, so now this is towards we're coming down to like what was that like uh, November like December January of 2021. I think we're kind of digging into. Yeah, we're January. January 15th is the day I left Vegas, to go to Vegas. Okay, so you left on January 15th, Dr. King's birthday, actual birthday, it is. It's also um, the day Diana Ross Wow, is that correct? Wow. So I, kind of, I, kind of, I kind of set that around that, actually. I did that strategically. But wow. <laughs> January wow. Wow. Actually, day that, um, yeah, Diana, September 15th, 1970. So uh, on the 15th, you went out to uh, to Vegas. Um, now, so tell us what happened from there. You started working for her. Uh, yeah. You guys, yeah. And so what happened from there? You worked for her. Uh, um, what what did your work consist of? Did you go over there every morning and have meetings? Uh, did you stay over at night? Uh, did you you know were you guys playing Supreme songs all day? What what were those meetings about? So what we did was um, a lesson. What we agreed upon. Let me start about the, start the first day, the very first day, because the very first day set the tone for the next three weeks. Um, I um, go to her house. This was the day after we had sat down and had like a little like brunch together, kind of like a formal um, meeting in Vegas to discuss what she would expect from me and all that. But the first day at her house, I get she told me to come around 11 o'clock. So I, I actually kind of late. I was there at 11.05, only because of the Uber. But um, she said 11 o'clock, you know, if you want, you could be between 11 and 12. But I was thinking that someone said 11 first. I assumed she was there at 11. So I get to her house at 11.05, and um, she opens the door. And she's like, she's kind of like covering her head. 
She's like, I'm sorry. She was like, I usually don't let people see me without my wig on. And I said, well, I don't know why you have such pretty hair. Your hair was well, how was her hair? Up. What was it, like in a ponytail? It was in a ponytail. Yes, she had like covering it with her hand. And um, it was, I mean, when she took it out the ponytail and brushed it, started brushing it down, it was probably a little bit past her shoulders. It was silky, straight, and all silver. Wow. And she was like, I said, I usually don't let people see me without my wig on, but, you know, you're here now. So, and I said, no, you're here with your natural hair. And, said, and it was so oh, beautiful. Yeah, her, and this is something she said, something that I noticed. It was thinning around her um, hairline. But that's nothing that a weave can fix. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I said. I, said, I told her, I said, um, you definitely start wearing your natural hair. I said, it's, it's long enough that it can be worn. It's not thin all over either. And, and how did she feel think, about that? What What did she say like when you mentioned that? Tone. She said, thank you. She said, as I said, that set the tone for the next three weeks because she never wore a wig when we were together. Now, she wore a wig when we went to, like, Target or um, went to out to eat or whatever, but she never wore a wig. No. Now, did was she ever recognized in your presence by anybody? No. Did anybody ever her. know that that was Mary Wilson of the Supremes? I think COVID had a big part of that because of the mask. She wore masks. Mm, so that yeah, that would that would definitely, uh, so, and especially if I she didn't have a wig on. Yeah, I don't think anyone noticed who she was. Besides, I mean, we did go to her P.O. box office, and they knew who she was because she's been working with them or working with them, you know, for so long. Um, right, right. But other than that, no, I've never heard anyone say, oh, that's Mary Wilson, or aren't you that lady from that group, or nothing like that. Wow. Wow. Well, I tell you, you had her all to yourself, really, pretty much. Now, um, I understand that. Yes. Now, I think uh, uh, I read somewhere that Mary had three children, if I'm not mistaken. And and was married once, I believe. Yes. Um, His name. Did she ever talk about? Yes. Well, did she ever talk about uh, her personal? Uh, connections or her family children, or anything yes, like husband, that? No. Well, actually, no. She did talk about her husband. Um, what did she say? We could we talk. We could, me and her talked about guys together. And I told her I was talking to a, a Leo, and she said, "Oh God, mm-hmm. I'm married to a Leo. Don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> wow, and uh, and I'm raising my hand as a Leo, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I think that's fascinating. Okay, so uh, that's one thing we know about him. He was a Leo. 
Um, so, yeah, so tell us, so did you have a chance? Um, you said, um, you know, she mentioned about her children, but did you have a chance to meet or talk to any of her children? Um, well, I didn't At want that to point, probably um, not, I would imagine. She had three children. Well, she had four, actually. Let's. She had uh, oh, okay. an adopted son named Willie. He was, mm. She adopted him in the 60s. Actually, with her little cousin, who she took um, custody over. Oh, okay. And so then, it was basically um, like she had four children. Yeah, and then um, and she she raised him as like today to to this day he calls her mom. Uh. Because I want to say he was about five or six when she adopted him, so he was pretty young. Right. Uh, wow. And then I want to say in '75. And I only know this because, like I said, I have read the fan club and all that. So you kind of put dates together for different things. So I want to say in, like, 1975, she had her first child, which was her her daughter, her only daughter, Kirkesu. And then in 70, yeah. 76 or 77, she had her second child, Pedro Jr. And then... I can't remember exactly what year. I want to say either 78 or 79. She had her last child, Raphael, who um, passed away in 1994. Uh. Or around then. I, I don't want to say it's yeah. dated. Right, but just unfortunately. Yeah, wow, what a sad story. Wow. Um, so now I have but, to say, yes, go right ahead, Nicholas. Now, I want to say you asked if I spoke to any of her children. Right. Her son, Pedro, I never spoke to. Willie, I have spoken to him on Facebook. He interacts with all the fans on Facebook. So I've spoken to him on Facebook, but um, only child I spoke to on the phone is Turkessa. And that was only because she, Turkessa runs Mary's business. So Turkessa is technically like HR or corporate, if you want to call it like that. So anyone who's hired or fired goes through paid and payroll and all that bookings kind of go through Turkessa. So she uh, she was essentially running uh, Mary Wilson's uh, business, if you will. Yes. Part. And I okay. Had to just talk to her about being paid. Got um, it. I was supposed to talk to her in November. Never got a call. December, never got a call or email. January, never got a call or email. And then the day Mary died, which we did, I didn't even know, sitting there talking to her that she was in the house dead. Um, she. Um, well, let's talk. Do you mind if I ask you about this? So the idea was that uh, Mary had had Mary instructed uh, her daughter now all of this is alleged we of course want to get that on out there but had Mary told her do you think to to go ahead and and execute the payment for you from what Mary told me she had Mary told from you she had but from Mary yeah I want to say this Turkesta knew about me because when we first talked on the phone which was February 8th she said, I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get in contact with you. I um, 
I'm a, a mother and I have children, so, you know, I've been busy with this. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, Mary's told me about them. Her children are, um, I think her youngest is my age, if I'm not mistaken, or her oldest is my age, one of them. But, um, uh, okay. Yeah, so um, that's what she told me, so. Well, did you ever get that payment at that time, though? No. The payment never made its way to you? The check never um, reached my bank account. (laughs) Wow. uh, Wow. Interesting. I only, what I discussed with Mary was being that I only did physical work when I got there in January. What I discussed with her was being paid starting when I got to Vegas in January. So I only was going to have going to be paid maybe a thousand well, the fifteen hundred, you know, for that month. Or a little bit less than that. So it really wasn't like I was missing anything if that makes sense. Right, that's true, because you really hadn't gotten quite through the month so much. Right. Uh so wow. It wasn't like anything like, Oh my god, I need my money. You know, you're supposed to Right, right, right. It, it was never any. I, like I said, I think it's, I said in the beginning, I never did this for money. I only did this job. For and free. I would have done it for free, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my goodness! Wow. I mean, well, I, I, I do have to leave, but no, I would have did it. For right, me. right, I'd right. Figured, I'd figure yeah. out something, you know, to make some money. Absolutely. Well, I have to ask you. Uh, you know, as the story unfolds, um, and you had uh, had some conversations with uh, her daughter, um, who was kind of running things. Um, now, uh, it's a few weeks in. Uh, what was the circumstance that you went out to Mary's house that day? Were you guys scheduled to have a meeting on February eighth? It was a Monday morning. Uh, can you wait, tell wait, us wait, what was it? I'm sorry. No, please go right ahead. In my, it, it was a Monday morning. I really wouldn't call it a meeting. I just called like maybe like a regular work day because it wasn't yes. my scheduled day. I was scheduled to go to her house every other day. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and weekends if um, I couldn't do one of those days during the week. Mm. So. Um, or weekends if she needed me for something, like if she was doing a Zoom and she needed my help or she was doing some type of um, house project or something that she needed me to do. But the set days were Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And awesome. Okay. Wow. Was of February, yes. Yeah. Go to work. The last day we would get Monday, Monday, February 8th of 2019. 2021. Oh, what did I say 2018? I'm sorry. 2021. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. Um, so I now, that, that Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Um, that, that, that previous Friday, because, so I left February 15th to go to Vegas. I was actually um, kind of like staying in two places. I had my apartment, but I also was staying with my aunt because the job I was working at um, was closer to her house, which was like maybe like two hours from mine. 
Um, wow. So I was staying with her, and also just to get out the house, I mean, I was in my apartment all the time. So, yeah, I went down to stay with her. And that was, she lived near Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Well, um, she passed away the week after I got to Vegas. Oh, my. Wow. My cousin's um, 21st birthday party, they, she was, they were in the middle of the party. She was dancing and fell out in the middle of the floor and had a heart attack. Wow. How awful. So I flew back mm. to Ohio for the funeral. And then I had got back um, that Friday before the, um, so what was that, like the 6th, the 6th of February? Mm. And then. Probably the 5th, so yeah. The, well, that, the, well, Monday was the 8th, right? So yeah. that would have probably been like the 5th then, right? Yeah. Friday, 5th, 6th, 7th. Yeah, so like the 5th on that Friday. Yeah. So that fifth, I had flew back in. Now, Mary did drop me off the airport that time. And then when I got back, I took an Uber and got to my cousin's house. But she dropped me off the airport to go to, um, you know, go back home. Um, okay. And her words were, you know, don't worry about me. You know, we're not really busy right now doing anything. So, you know, I know how close you guys were. So I want you to go back home for the funeral. So, and that's what I mean, and I wanted to say that because that's what I mean by how caring she was. She was like, now, did Mary car. drive a car, by the way? Yeah, she had a she had a Mercedes. Okay. It was a silver Mercedes. Wow. Wow. So now she drives. Uh, so you, uh, you go back home for the funeral, um. And then you come back out to Vegas again. Yeah. Because I wasn't planning on oh. staying in Ohio. I was just going for the funeral and then coming right. back. Right. Okay. You know, I, my, my idea was, you know, I was coming, you know, going home for a moment and coming back to go to work. So Friday, um, she called me, you know, had to make it in. And I said, yeah, I made it in. And she said, were you coming over? And I said, well, I forgot. I completely forgot about that. I'm in the bed. I was kind of asleep. I said, okay, well, so I'm really not feeling well anyway, so you can just come tomorrow. And it's like, no, come today. It's like, no, come tomorrow. And I, I was getting ready to say, make up your mind, woman. But she, right. she, was like, uh, she was like, no, just come tomorrow. That way I can have everything ready for you because I really don't have anything ready for you at the moment. I said, okay. So we hung up. And the Saturday 6th, I get up like usual. So I was, you know, getting ready to go to her house at 11 o'clock. Then, you know, regular day, I get to her house, and she's like, you know, sorry, I haven't had any bathed yet, you know, so, you know, don't mind me. I said, no, you're fine. And um, she said, um, I do want you to run a few errands for me. She said, but first I want you to look at the thermostat because I think it's broken. I'm so cold. And That's what she fun. said to you? No. So now, just, yeah. I'm sorry, so she said she was cold. Did that raise any kind of flags or anything? 
No. And it didn't raise any flags for two reasons. One, the thermostat was broken. And two, I did not know of her prior health history. Uh-huh. Being that I never talked to anyone in there, you never told me about it. Um, I didn't know she had heart problems or anything like that. So, wow. But um, I you know the thermostat. I'm like I pressed it. I pressed lock. Everything. I'm like you know it's not staying. It keeps dropping down. So I'm like, well, you don't mean you need to get you mean yeah. She's like, you have a white head access if you have any space heaters. And she said, no. I well, I think I have one in the garage actually. And I said, okay, I'll go and look. And I moved everything in the garage, like moved everything around. And I don't remember seeing a space heater, but I went out there and looked anyway because maybe it was something that I did not pay attention to because it probably was something I didn't touch. So I looked and I said, I don't see one. And she said, she said, okay. So she said, well, I do want you to run these errands for me. It was like, go to the grocery store, go to the post office, and then go to somewhere else. Oh, go get the car wash. So she said, you do have your license, right? And I said, yeah, I have my license. And she said, okay. Um, she gave me the keys. And she said, well, you know, go to the post office first. Go to the P.O. box first. Pick up my mail. Go to the grocery store for me. She wrote out, she texted me the list that she wanted of stuff, and then um, go to get the car wash. That's exactly what I did. By the time I got back, the sun started going down. And um, I told her, I said, um, I called her, I said, the P.O. box had um, had a sign on the door saying that they were closed on Saturdays, and she said, oh, yeah, I forgot they changed their time. And I, she said, okay, well, when you come over Monday, we, we can go to the P.O. box and get the mail. I said, okay. So um, I told her, I said, you texted me and asked me for orange fellow. What is orange fellow? And I said, I looked it up, and it came up with some wine, and I asked the store person, do they have it? And she said, no. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, orange fellow. That's what you texted me and say. And then she said, no, I meant to say orange jello. Sorry. She said it was the auto clip on the phone. And I said, oh, okay. So I got the orange jello, and we started laughing about that. And then um, <laughs> um, she asked, she said, do, you, do they have, she said, do you, they, it's random, but do they have Casablanca? And I was thinking about the, I'm thinking about the movie. And I said, well, I can look in the movie section and see if they have it. And she started, <laughs> started laughing again, and she said, no, um, flowers. And she said, they're Casablanca lilies. And I said, mm. um, I said, no, I don't know. I don't know what those look like, but I'll ask. So I told her, I said, hold on a minute. So I asked the florist at the grocery store. And the grocery store in Vegas that I went to was called Vons. Um, so I asked the florist at the grocery store, do you have Casablanca lilies? And she kind of looked at me and was like, those are special request flowers. And I said, so she's like, you have to go to an actual florist to get those. And I said, okay. And I told her what she said. And she said, okay. Well, she said, well, I told her, I said, the lady is writing up um, a few florists for me to call. So I'll call Monday. She said, okay, that's fine. That works. So she said, well, thank you so much. And I said, oh, you're welcome. Well, you know, 
of course. We hung up. Went to quit the car wash, vacuumed the car out. Got back, got back to the house and told her. When I got back to the house, she was in the bed. And she was like, you know, I just really don't feel good if I could getting colder and colder in here. And like I said, the thermostat is broken. So I said, no, it didn't raise any red flags to me. Now, this um, was, um, which day again was this? Uh-huh. What, which day? Was this Saturday? Yes, this was still Saturday. This was also Saturday. Oh, okay. Yes, and she was and kept said, saying I... it's getting colder and colder. Yes. So, wow. like I said, I just kept thinking the thermostat, well, she did say this, because when I got to Vegas, I had on shorts, and she had on a winter coat. It was cold, wow. her, but to me it was warm because how it was like 50, 60 degrees, but to, to Vegas, that's cold. Right, right, uh, and I lived I out know. in L.A., so I, yeah, I, I, right. That's yeah, cold. oh, my. Okay, that's, so you know, that's, it that's, might have just been that she was a little chilly. Might not I, have had any, I mean? no indication that that uh, the end was near. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't think that that wasn't that wasn't anywhere, anything near my first thought. And then right, right, of course, not. because Tercesta, um had um, the information for the person to come and fix the thermostat. So I talked to her about that. And I told her, and she didn't seem to have any type of like you know concern of like you know you know. Right, what, right. What do you mean? What do you mean? You know, so it wasn't like anything was off. That makes sense. So, um, I, you know, get in the house and it's about five o'clock, and my time to be with her was eleven to four. And she's like, I know we talked about eleven to four, but can you do you mind staying and helping me with a few more things? Yeah, of course. And she was like, there's a spot on the floor by the chair that I sit in. I spilled some blueberry juice, the juice to the blueberries that she had on the floor. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll you know, scrub that up, and I don't I don't mind doing that. She was like, are you sure? She's like, I don't want you to, um... no, she said, I'll, she's like, just wait a moment, because I want you to set up my TV for me. She wanted me to set up Hulu and Netflix on her TV. But, um... And she told me about the spot, and she's like, um, I'll get up and clean it up when I get up. And I said, no, no, I'll do it. So just tell me where everything is at. She's like, are you sure? Because, like, I, I didn't, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to have to do it. And I said, I definitely don't mind. And um, she's like, well, can you bring me my um, medicine? What medicine that is, I really don't know, but it was a prescription bottle. So I can't, I don't know what that was. But I brought her medicine and a cup of water. And it didn't seem like anything out of the ordinary. It just seemed like how I would do with my grandma, my great grandma. So um, she eventually does come into the living room, sits in the chair, and she's like, "I have this steak in the um, refrigerator. Can you cook that for me?" And I said, "You say you can cook." And I put the steak on, and we're sitting there talking and. She was like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm keeping you so late, because by this time, it's about 9 o'clock. It's about 9 o'clock. And I'm like, no. I'm like, honestly, 
I don't know if I told you this before, but being with you, being around you, reminds me of being around my grandparents, my great-grandma and my grandma, who all passed away prior to me coming out to Vegas. And it kind of is like I get that time back with them, with you. So I appreciate that. And I said, no, I said, I definitely don't mind doing anything you need me to do. And I said, if you ever need me to stay later past the time that we have scheduled, I'm not going to ever ask you for extra money to do that. I'm doing it because I want to. Which said, I appreciate that. And then she, she went on again about being cold. And she said, come here and feel me. And um, so I touched her arm, and her arm was cold. So, um, sorry. So her, her arm was cold. So I was like, are you sure you don't want me to go get you a space heater? And she said, no. And then she was like, feel my nose. It's cold, too. So I felt her nose, and it was cold. So I'm like, are you sure? Because I definitely don't mind running to Walmart or Target to go get you one. So I stared. I mean, like, I looked him up while I was sitting, while I was sitting here. Like, it's only $20. So I definitely don't mind going to go get you one. So she was like, yeah, if you really don't mind, please. So I went and got, went to Target. Target was cool. By the time I got to Target, it was like 10 o'clock and they were closed. So um, I went to Walmart. Walmart had space heaters. I think it was like $9. So I ended up getting two. And I set up one right by her chair and I set up one on her, um, her like island in her kitchen. And um, she, by the time I got back, it was about 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, 11.30. And she said, I want to say something to you um, before you go. Well, actually, the first thing she said was, well, do you want to stay the night? And she said, being that it's so late, um, you know, I wouldn't want you out so late. And I said, no, it's fine. I mean, um, if I can get an Uber, I definitely don't, you know, it doesn't matter. She said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um... And she said, well, you know that extra bedroom is yours whenever you need it. I said, no, I know, because she had already discussed that with me. So she um, had asked again, you sure you don't want to stay tonight? And I said at that time, no, because I don't have any um, I don't have any clothes or a toothbrush with me. So I... um. Told her what I, she what she what she said was well Monday when you come over bring a bag with you of clothes and a toothbrush to keep here so that if you ever do need to stay tonight you have clothes in the extra room. And I said okay I can do that. Yeah I definitely don't mind doing that because that'd be a little bit more convenient than having to drive home and drive back because like what I could have did was I could have took her car and drove when I was already out. We'll get close at my cousin's house because the Walmart I went to was like right by his apartment. But um, it wasn't brought up then, and I didn't think about it. So she was like, "Well, I did tell her. I said my Uber did connect, so you should be here in about five minutes." And so she said, "Um, I want to tell you something. I know I told you to give me about a few months to see if we work out." as you being my assistant, but she said, um, 
after today, I, I definitely think that we're going to work out. So you are definitely my assistant, and you will um, something like something like she's like. I appreciate, you know, everything that you've done. And that was the last thing she said. Uh, well, besides, um, I said, do you want me to lock this door? Because I couldn't lock the door from the outside because I need a key to lock it from the outside because it's only a um, a boat lock, the top lock. And she said, no, when I get up to go to the bathroom, I'll, um, or when I get up, I'll get up and lock the door. So um, we take a night, and that was it. Sunday. That was Saturday yeah, night. That was Saturday night. So what happened on Sunday? There was no. Yeah. I don't. I didn't have any communication with her. I didn't. Um, you know, because it was like I said. It, it was, was your day off, so to speak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Monday morning. Here we are, Monday, Monday morning. morning. And I know that you have mentioned about going to the PO box and all of that, and. And, uh, you know, and lending a hand, and it's your work day. So what time did you head over there? Around 10 o'clock. I texted her. 10 o'clock. I said, hey, good good morning. uh Uh-huh. Now, I do want to ask you about the house. Was this a big house? Was it a row-type house? So what did – can you describe it? It was a gated community. But um, it wasn't a big house. It was like an average four-bedroom. No, sorry, three-bedroom, one-floor. Three-bedroom, two-bathroom, one-floor house. Okay, so it sounds nice. Okay. It was was not, like I said earlier, Mary Wilson, the celebrity, Mary Wilson, the Supreme, and Auntie Mary were two different people. Oh, okay. Mary Wilson, the Supreme, I would have thought she had a big, grand, elaborate house. But being that when you really think about it, she is a woman, an older woman, living alone. It was enough, a suck enough for her. Understandable. So now I wanted to ask you also, how was her home decorated? Were there was there a lot of memorabilia about the Supremes all over all the walls? I think you mentioned it earlier, where there was pictures of Diana Ross. But uh, were there other things that you noticed? Uh, what about her uh, clothing and stuff? Did she have a lot of the old outfits from her days as a Supreme? Well, the old outfits are in her storage unit. I want to say the store unit is in L.A., but that's not um, – those costumes are not in her weren't, weren't in her home. But she did have, um, you know, her clothes and, her, you know, her shoe – she had a bunch of shoes and wigs, and we went, we sat and went through those clothes together. Her way. Yes. Right, personal effects, I was saying. Yeah. Listen, I think this is just interesting. I uh, – I have to say, you have to tell us that Monday when you went into work about 10, I think you said, uh, well, what I happened? I didn't go in at 10. I didn't go in at 10. I woke up around 10. And oh, you woke up? Well, the first thing I did wow. is text her and said, hey, good morning. Uh-huh. Um, did you want me to go to the P.O. box before I got to your house or 
told me to go take the car and go because the P.O. box was on the way from where I was living to her house. I had to pass by it, literally, to go to it. So it only made sense for me to pick up the mail and then go to her house. So my cousin, um, he was home. My cousin's a traveling chef. And um, so he was actually home that day. And he was like, well, because I'm a barbecue. You know, since I haven't been home, I'm a barbecue. I'm like, okay. So um, we're cooking. I'm making macaroni and cheese, greens. Um, I think I made black, black, um, baked beans. And I'm making all the side dishes. He was making all of the, like, the meats and things like that on the grill. And I looked at the time, and it was 11 o'clock. I said, oh, shoot, I'm late. And I said, I didn't, I didn't have the Uber requested. I wasn't dressed, nothing. So he was like, oh, yeah, you better get over there. So um, I called, no answer. So I'm like, maybe she's, you know, maybe she just didn't answer the phone. She never texted me back about the P.O. box. But, again, I didn't think anything of it. Now, about what time was that that you had texted her again about the P.O. box? Well, that was at 10 o'clock when I had first woke up. It was that at was the first time. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, when I first woke up, I was No answer, no response. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I didn't And that was unusual, though. No? Mm-hmm. But wasn't that unusual? Mm-hmm. No. Because there was a few times where I sat with Mary and her phone ring, and she was like, well, I'll call them back later. Oh, okay. Later. So, got it, got it. So, and like I said, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. I thought she was maybe still asleep. Okay, wow. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, only honestly, only reason why I was up because I had to go to, to her house. I'm a night person. Mm-hmm. You're not a night person. I'm oh, so a late you, person. yeah, okay, <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, wow. So now, so at what I, point do you head over to Mary's house so on that like after awful 11. day? So okay. um, it was after 11, and like I said, I was late. So I get the, I get there around like 11.20 maybe and um, knock on the door. Well, I was on the phone with Terkesta actually because we were talking about um, the gate code never – in the three weeks I had been there, the gate code that I had received never worked for me. The way I'd get into the gate is if someone else was driving, was driving up and they had like a button. You could the go gate, behind them. I uh, could go behind them. Or right, Mary would pick right. me up or whatever. That's usually how I would get in. So, the, like I said, the, the gate code never worked. And she's like, you sure? So she gave me another one. That one didn't work. So she's like, well, just drive up with how you can how you usually get in, and then we'll go from there um, next week or later this week. And I said, okay. So I get to the house, knock on the door. This time we're off the phone. So I knock on the door, no answer. Knock on the door, no answer. So I call, no answer. So I call Terkesta. I said, hey, do you mind calling your mom because she's not answering the phone for me? I... Um, Call and then knock on the knocked on the door. Um, she's not answering. She's like, "Was the car in the driveway?" And I said, "Well, I moved all the boxes in the garage so that she can move the car into the garage." 
And she said, oh, yeah, I forgot to use She said she, she was having you do that. She said, okay, well, um, I'll call her. So I hear the phone ring, no answer. The house phone is ringing, I should say. No answer. So um, she said, well, maybe she, she said, does she have an interview or something like that or something booked this morning? And I said, I don't think so because from what we discussed, she didn't have anything. She said, maybe something just surprisingly came up. She's like, Did she, is she doing that? Because she would do this, like, little, like, live podcast. She's like, is she doing that live podcast? And I said, I don't think so. Um, because it wasn't in what we discussed. So she said, I said, okay, um, I will. Um, I said, well, what do you mean to do? You mean to wait until she wakes up? Or if she sleep or because she gets back home and she said no um, you don't have to wait you just go back home so while I'm waiting for my Uber we're talking on the phone and talking about she's I'm getting she's getting to know me I'm getting to know a little bit about her and we're discussing my pay and my expectations of them and all this and like I said this is the first time me and her has had a conversation about payment or anything like that so we're discussing this. My Uber comes, and I told her, I said, well, um, my Uber's here, and um, we kind of ended the conversation anyway by the time my Uber came. We kind of were just talking at that point. So I get back to my cousin's house. By the time I got back, the food was done. So we're sitting there eating. And about two hours later, um, she calls me and says, hey, me and my husband have been calling her. She's not answering the phone still. And now we're getting concerned. Do you mind going back over there? I said, no, I don't mind. Um, just give me a moment. So I gotta get, I got to take another Uber. She said, okay. So my cousin goes, you think something's wrong? And I said, no. No, no. He's When I got back, actually, he said, you think something's wrong? I said, no. I said, I, should, I just got home. I said, okay. And then when I told him I'm going back over there, he asked again, he's like, you think something's wrong? And I'm like, no. But obviously I don't want to think about it, so I'm not even thinking about it. I drive, well, not drive, but I get in the Uber, go back over there. I was tired at this point, so I ended up falling asleep in the Uber. I could see when I woke up, he was looking at me, looking at me out of the uh, rearview mirror, like. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So, um, by the time I got back over there, it was about five five o'clock. And the sun had started In the going afternoon. down. And, yeah, the sun had started going down and everything like that. And um, I called the and I was like, "Hey, I'm here. I knocked on the door." She was like, well, you said the car isn't in the driveway. She said, no. I said, no, it's in the garage. She was like, well, is there any way to like get in the garage or see through the garage? And I said, no. She said, okay. She said, um, what about the windows? Can you see anything from the front door? And I said, no. Um, there's this wall on that block, kind of like the living room. There's a living, there's a front window by the front door, but there was a wall that blocked like the view into the living room, if that makes sense. Got it. Got it. Yes. So, um, 
She's like, well, go around to the back and look through the windows. I, my only thought was, you know, I'm in this neighborhood. I don't know anybody in this neighborhood. Nobody knows me. You know, all you see is this man walking in the back looking through the windows. That's not suspicious at all. So I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, could you please? So I looked through the windows. Her bathroom light was on, so you could see through that window. I want to say this first. All of her windows, at least in the back of the house, were tinted. So you couldn't see through them. Unless you got up close. Unless you got up close or there was light on. Okay, got it. So her bedroom, I could see through completely because um, there was lights on. Her bathroom light was Uh on. And she's like, well, look through the, what about the patio doors? Can you look through them and see anything? And I said, um, no, it's dark in the living room. So I was like, there is a, a, um, a window by a chair. I'll look through that. So I got close and I looked through that window. And I'm like, I kind of see like a shadow of like, I don't know if it's a feet or it's like a figure. And that's all I see, like, but it's pointing downward. And then she said, um, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, so if this is if this is what it is, I said, so you know how you lay down and you're laying on your back and your feet point up? Yeah. This is like she's laying on her stomach and her feet are pointing down. Uh. And she's like, okay, um, well, is there any other way you can get into the house? I said, no. Um, she said, well, I'll, let me call the realtor and I'll call you back. So, she calls me back. She tells me to call, and it's call the police. So the, the police come, the fire department comes, and the ambulance comes. I explained to them on the phone what I saw. The late, I, I probably was stuttering the whole time because at this point I'm nervous. Of course. Um, I explained to, I've never had to do this before. I want to say this. I've never had to do anything like this before. Um, so it was weird to me. Um, so then I, that's when the police, they all come. And I can't remember who followed me to the back, but it was a, about a good three or four men who followed me. And um, I explained to them what I saw, and they looked at me like I was crazy when I said I looked at the window, couldn't really see anything, but I saw feet. So I'm like, they're like, um, okay. So I told them, I said, if you get real close and look, you can see the shadow or the outline of her feet or someone's feet. So I guess he did see because as soon as he looked at his other, um, as soon as he got, you know, looked, looking at through the window, he looked at his um, the other person who was there, and that's when the other person shot the flashlight through the window, and that's when I saw her face. And her face and was facing down it was on the other down, side of like an ottoman or what happened? Uh-huh. So what she had is a ch- her chair, and she had an ottoman connected to her chair. Well, not connected, but it was like in front of her chair. Right, and right. Where her face was wasn't. It's like how you lay on a pillow. You lay on your on, on like on your ear. 
the side of your face. Right. That's how she was laying, but on the cushion of the chair. I see, but over the ottoman. Yes. Got it. Like somebody has slid down, so to speak, into slid down onto, onto the ottoman. Or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. How sad. How sad. Um, did you remember the expression or anything? Could you no, remember? Honestly, it looked like she was asleep. Wow. So it wasn't just like, a peaceful you know, it wasn't sleep. Kind of like distress or anything in her face or anything like that. It's just like she was asleep. Wow. Wow. So at this point, uh, they, of course, come in all the emergency folks, and, you know, this is huge news. Um, what's the first thing that really went through your mind after the emergency folks uh, said that uh, it seemed that she had passed? Did they share that with you right away? They did. I was going to phone my mom because I was on the phone her up and down. I would call Terkesta and call my mom, or Terkesta would call me that I'm hanging with my mom and kind of like that. So I was going to phone my mom and I walked outside, and the police officer, I do remember that, it was a police officer, it was a short, a short, fat police officer. I I don't know why I remember that, but it's the only thing I remember of, like, a, a visual of a person. Mm-hmm. And he walked outside, and he said, um, sorry for your loss. She did pass away. I said, oh. That's the only thing I could say was, oh. Well, you were surprised and, and in shock. So that's, you know, you could have said something, you know, happy birthday. Or I mean, you just, you don't know what's going to come out of your mouth at a time like that. Right, right. Wow. And my mom was like, well, what did you say? And I said, she died. And my mom was like, well, are you okay? And I'm, I'm like, I don't know. And then she goes, um, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, how to explain how I'm going to explain this to how I'm going to how am I going to call her daughter and tell her daughter this? Yeah, that's that's that is uh that's a real difficult thing, but it was your job to do. It was your job to do. So you call her back right away or you wait a little while? No, I, I hung up from my mom and I did call her back because I kind of was like it's like one of those like just rip the bandaid off moments and just kind of just do it because it kind of was mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to say so I was trying to figure out what to say so as the phone is ringing I'm like what do I say what do I say and then she says hello and I said she died and that's and what what was it silence on the phone yep it was complete silence and then all you heard was her curse um, voice crack and she starts to cry. And then that's when I start to break down. Wow. And then her husband grabbed the phone and said, Hey, Nick, we're going to call you back. Because they were already, they lived in California, so they were already on their way here. Well, to, well not here, but to Vegas. Um, to, you know, make sure everything was okay. Wow. So, what a... 
that's when the that's when I called my mom back and I told I told her. And then it seems like after that, my phone did not stop ringing. Really? Why? The publicist calling. Mary's publicist. Yes, the publicist calling. He was pleasant the first time we spoke. He was. Um, The publicist calling, then the, um, my family calling, um, other people well, without saying the publicist's are... name, but what what was it that the publicist was instructing you? Don't mention his name, though. Oh no, okay, no, he um, was telling me, you know, to pretty much, you know, just don't say anything. I told him, I said, well, I really don't know much to say, and he said, okay, so like, I just want to make sure you know that, you know, anyone says anything or anything like that, I just went to, the, you know, just tell them to either call me or call Tricessa. I said, okay. He was like, Tricessa should be on her way. So, like I said, it was, it was pleasant. And then, um, like I said, after, kind of after that was kind of a blur. I remember getting being nervous because the police, the police officer opened his back, back door and said, you know, get in. And I all yeah. I think I'm thinking is, oh my God, I'm under arrest. What did I, you know, what happened? Mm-hmm. I said I've never been in a situation like this before, so I don't know what to think. Mm. And so I'm on the phone with my mom, and I'm like, well, they have me sitting, they have me sitting in the police car, and he could t- he could tell I was hesitant to get in. And he was like, no, 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 you're not in trouble or anything. He's like, I know it. He's like, it's starting to get dark outside and it's cold, and you have shorts, shorts on. So I just went to wanted you to just keep warm. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so wow, um, I'm sitting in the car. He's in the front seat, and he and he calls the police officer. Kind of calls his family, and he's just like, well, I just want to tell you guys I love you. So it was kind of like one of those moments of like, you know, I don't know who he called, but it was like yeah, one of those like, um, maybe it hit home for him or something. <sighs> and like I said, the only reason why I can remember him is because it's the only person I really had an encounter with as far as like physically talking to. Right. But there was one man who knew who she was, and he was another police officer. He goes, he's like, man, he was like, um, the music industry has suffered a big loss. He was like, I'm sorry for your loss also. He was like, um, and my mom goes, what did he say? <laughs> uh, like, he knew who she was. And she's like, oh, Lord. And I said, well, he went to school. I guess went to school with. That's what he said. He said I went to school with um, her children. Mm-hmm. But he's the only person I could say that in the time of us being around each other, anyone identified her. Mm. Wow. So, um, yeah. Now, what happened after 
all of this uh, happened. Uh, you uh, did you stay out in Las Vegas for any length of time? Uh, and uh, um, has your how has this affected your life? Honestly, yeah. I couldn't. The Vegas was depressing. Yeah. You had grown I very fond of her. You had grown very the, fond of her, yeah. Well, it wasn't even just the three years. It was like I said, I looked up to, looked up to her since I was eight. Absolutely, absolutely, so, yeah. So this, I built the connection as a kid. And yeah. And then the personal connection as an adult. Exactly. And you can hear that in your telling and recount, recounting this story. Um, I'm just blown away. Now, I have to ask you, have you had any contact with any of these folks uh, since that period? Um, actually, yes. I called the publicist, actually, um, not too long ago. Um, I, I managed, mm-hmm. I, at the present time, I managed a, um, a rapper. An artist. Yeah. Okay. And... I was talking to a producer I met in LA, and he was—he also works with a female who is a rapper and singer. And we were thinking of a possible collaboration, and he was like, "I would love to do something like an R&B song that um, could be like, you know, turned into a hip-hop song." And I said, mm-hmm. "Well, there's only one song I can think of that." that comes to mind when you say that, that was turned into a hip-hop, hip-hop song, and that was Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by... Um, um, Frankie Valley, Frank I think, in the Frank Four Valley Seasons. Four yeah. Seasons. Yeah. Right. And the Supremes redid it with the Temptations, when Mary Wilson sang lead, and if I'm not mistaken, Eddie Kendricks, Eddie Kendricks and Mary Wilson did mm-hmm. a on that. And mm. then... Um, I have to look for that. Hill turned into a um, hip hop song. Right. Like in the 90s, I so, think they did it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had contacted the the, um, the publicist to mm-hmm. um, see if he knew any information about who I had to contact to get rights to use songs or did I have to get rights to use songs. Right, for licensing and all of that. Yeah, so and so he was open to the idea of working he, with he you was open on that. To, now, he was pleasant in those conversations, but um, everything prior, no, actually, it was to the point where I changed my phone number. Oh, my. So the phone number that we're, that you have for me was not my original phone number. When wow, That's, that is amazing. Well, I have to tell you, the one thing that um, I have to turn to this, and is this something that has stayed with you? Because to me, you know, I might find it at times, you know, uh, like you've lost someone who she was a loved one and uh, on a certain level to you. Um, so do you find uh, from time to time that you're affected, uh, you know, has it affected you like that on that level, or is this something that you can kind of, you know, compartmentalize, so to speak? So uh, how have you been uh, since all of this? 
I will say, when I was in Vegas, I cried almost every 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 time every time I thought about it. Whether I was crying, going to sleep, or waking up, um, panic attacks, little uh-huh. different things, because I just kept re-seeing her face in that chair. Um, yeah, that was, I that was definitely the first time <sighs> I saw a um, newscast, and it was a, it was like a really a newscast. It was like a it was. Um, they post on Facebook like um, such and such passed away. Right, and Lady right. Grace, Mary Wilson of the Supremes, founding member of the Supremes, has died. And then my heart dropped. Like I, of like course. I said before, it was like losing, losing, two different, losing two different people. I always, wow. had, as a kid, always had this dream of Diana and Mary getting back together to do something. So when it was when she said that. Well, how how much after that? So how long after she died that, or that was reported that she died, uh, that you saw that posting on Facebook or, or on social media? Um, about a week. Oh, okay. Off, so it media. was... It was still... Oh, great. okay, you had stayed off. Um, okay, got it. But, it but, I, but, I, but I ended up leaving Vegas in April for the reason of everywhere... Everywhere I went, there was some type of re- reminding. Whether it's I saw a reminder, sure. We was at TGI, TGI Fridays, and there was this big, huge picture of the Supremes sitting right next, sitting right behind me. And I didn't realize it until I turned around and looked up, and then there it was. Like it's like little little things like that that just kept, and I just couldn't. I had to go back home to get my head together. I was alone. Although I lived with my cousin next to my cousin was a traveling chef, so he, although he did, he felt bad because the day she died, he had to go to Chicago to do a gig. But I was in Vegas. I didn't know anybody in Vegas. I moved to Vegas for her, so it's kind of like, what am I here for, honestly? I had no motivation to really do anything, honestly. So, what my what I felt was best for me was to come back home and get my head together. Did I want to come back to Ohio? No, but I felt like it was the best thing for me to do mentally. And I will say, everything since I've been back has been nothing but great. Um, and looking up, honestly, and it honestly has nothing to really do with her or, well, actually, there is one thing that has to do with her, I feel like, but it's just me. Me, mentally, I feel a lot better. And time is the best healer. Mm -hmm. Yes. And remember how I was telling about, you know, things coming full circle? Yes. And how she was telling me, you know, she's preparing me for what I'll be doing in the future. Yes. What she was showing me was how to like put together press kits, a well, EPK, electronic press kit. Sure, um, sure. She was showing me how to send emails and, you know, blind CC and the difference between. She was doing something and, amazing. I mean, Mary was uh, in her seventies, 
and uh, to be that technological, techno- technologically savvy, <laughs> um, and being able to uh, when you said texting, I'm like goodness. I mean, I can barely text at this age, so that is awesome. Uh, you know, she you know was she was remarkable. You know, she was showing me how to do all these different things. And wow. In October um, of, you know, not, um, I was hosting October 28th, I want to say, I was hosting a Halloween party. 28th, 29th was that. I was hosting a Halloween party, and... um. I asked this guy I knew um, from here. I was told, and I was asking. I asked him. Sorry, <laughs> it got tongue twisted. But I asked him if he would want to perform at the at the party, and he responded yes. And then he also responded after you know further down the conversation, which would be my manager. I'm like okay. And as I'm, as I'm thinking, the first thing he mentions is I've seen everything that you did with Mary Wilson and, or, you know, meeting her and the Supremes and, you know, everything you do, with, you know, post about them and all that. He's like, I really like that. He's like, I, he's like, I see that you network with all these different people. He's like, I want someone like you on my team. Very similar to what she told me when she hired me as her assistant. So there's mm-hmm. that coincidence right there. Very similar to what she, what she said. And then um, the year that me and him met was the exact same year me and her met in 2008. That's amazing. I had a birthday party. I had a birthday party at my apartment. And um, my best friend and her boyfriend, they came over and they stayed the night at my apartment. And um, I had, um, like, well, let's have a party tonight. And she said, okay. So she, he was, her boyfriend was like, well, can I fight some of my friends? And I said, yeah, sure. You see who over here? And it was just me, him, and her. I said, you see, I ain't got no friends. So I'm like, fight whoever you want. And so he started laughing. He was like, okay. So he invited his friend, and his friend Tyler, who was Sir James, came. And that's where we met. They were, it was kind of weird to me because I've never really seen someone excited about but they saw I had this big collage of the Supremes albums on my wall and they were like wow this is cool and we just we actually discussed that when we sat down and met to discuss me being his manager um I hated that apartment I just felt something about that apartment just had bad vibes to me and I just the energy of it just made me feel down and depressed and the yeah. whole two years I missed there something about that apartment just did not seem right to me wow I did not like it didn't want to be there at all so uh, I said yeah well, I'll, you know I don't mind being your manager so he, I was like well let's just meet in person and have you know to talk because we had not seen each other since we saw each other at my apartment. 
three years prior to, three, four years prior to um, this Halloween party or whatever. So we sit down and we have, um, we meet at Denny's and we, I just got off work, so that was the only restaurant that was open. Um, we made it at Denny's and we're sitting there talking and he, you know, said at the beginning, like, you know, I see everything that you've done with the Supremes or you talked about the Supremes and how um, dedicated you are to them. He was like, someone like you is who I want, someone who can be dedicated to me and, you know, help me better myself and my career. And I, I told him what I would expect out of him if I'm going to be working with him. And he said, I can do that. And I, it wasn't anything complicated. It was more so just um, what I am installing in him is the method that Maxine Powell installed into every single Motown artist of how to present yourself as exactly. not only a person, exactly. but an artist to the public. Certain things well, Nicholas, let, let me jump in and ask you, so what... Uh, what are you looking for down the road? What would you like? Uh, because this is, uh, you know, something that, as I said, is going to stay with you. It would stay with me. What are you looking for this lesson to be? That um, And what are you looking down the road to accomplish for yourself? What would make well, the lesson, Nicholas the lesson Styles happy? Oh, what would make me? Okay, well... The lesson I would say, the lesson I got out of this, is that um, this lesson I got out of it, as well as that I want to push forward to everyone. Never let anyone or anything deter you from your dreams. Because it, even if it's the smallest thing, if it's something that you are, you have your mindset to do, do it. Because that's one thing she kept trying to installed me, as well as other people in my life, too. All my life, I've always had that. Um, but um, that's kind of what I got out of it. And then with, for, for me, for the future, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't see myself really being a manager, maybe more of a mentor. Um, and I feel like that's what I kind of am for him. For Sir James, I'm more of a mentor than I am a manager. Helping him, you know, further his career, um, getting shows and things like that. But I see myself, like I said, more as a mentor, a guider, um, so that he can wow. be ready for that. But I see myself, you know, owning my own boutique, and um, honestly, ultimately. Just happy. I really don't really have any big goals. I guess you could say just I just happiness and wealth in that sense. And you've got to remember, folks out there, Nicholas is still a very, very young man. He's still very young. You have your whole life ahead of you. And many times to start over and over and over again. So, um, and, you know, when I listen to your story and the whole thing with Mary Wilson of the Supremes um, and looking at you and kind of knowing uh, that she wanted to mentor you, to me, it seems as though someone was 
not so much aware of their own mortality, but uh, that they knew they wanted to pass along. I think the older that we get, and God forbid if there's any illness or anything like that, we want to share what we know with the younger generation, with someone who can carry my story or your story forward. I think that's the idea. And so I think uh, to me it sounded as if she was privy to that notion, and I think that's why you were the person. And so your lives will forever be uh, touched. Uh, Literally, they crossed, you know, they intersected, if you will. And that is a remarkable story. I am just blown away. And uh, Nicholas Stiles, um, one thing that we did not disclose uh, just yet is that you will be helping us right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. So we're so excited. We're going to fill you guys in on all of that in, um, in, in times and days to come. Uh, but I just have to say, um, this has been a remarkable story, and I'm sure your story uh, will continue and go on. And so, uh, thank you. Nicholas, anything you want to leave us with today? My favorite quote from Mary Wilson, since this is the subject at hand, my favorite quote from her is, dreams do come true. People just have to keep dreaming. And that's, that's all I have to say. Okay, well, on that note, I want to thank Mr. Nicholas Stiles for being with us on today's broadcast of the Hair Radio Morning Show, his incredible story in the last days, literally, of a singing icon and a supreme singer, Mary Wilson. So again, thank you so much, uh, Nicholas, and we will continue to follow your story right here at our morning show. Thanks again for being with us. Thank you. Ladies, do you love a man with a well-groomed and sexy beard? Men, do you suffer from patchiness or irritation and want a fuller beard? Well, let me introduce you to the hottest beard care products on the market. Rugged Evolution features 16 amazing balms, oils, shampoos, and accessories. Our products are sure to meet the demands of all your beard care needs. For more information, go to RuggedEvo.com. That's RuggedEvo.com. And remember, Rugged is the new smooth.